are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. This is your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season, all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, this is the place for you and we get you through the remainder of the off season into training camp and the tip-off of the 2019-2020 season that Sacramento Kings fans are hoping will be the breakthrough that this organization has been looking for for over 13 years. My name is Matt George. I've the privilege of being your host here. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. And I'm a nerd when it comes to basketball. I always had the the brain to think the game, but not the skill to play it. Uh, And uh, one of my favorite parts of The NBA world and basketball in general is the behind the scenes. What happens in a front office, building and maintaining a team. And that's going to be really what we're discussing and focusing on here today as the Kings have some very serious decisions to make when it comes to contract extensions, specifically with Buddy Heald and with Bogdan Bogdanovich. And believe it or not, those two contracts have major uh, effects and implications on what the Kings end up doing with Buddy, or I'm sorry, with uh, De'Aaron Fox, with Marvin Bagley, with Harry Giles, and the rest of this young core that they're trying to pay and maintain over the course of the next, hopefully, a decade here in Sacramento. Tim Maxwell from Sacktown Royalty is going to be joining me. He and I are cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. We love the inner workings. We love the salary cap. Uh, we love the negotiations and trade and free agency signing side uh, of the NBA game. Uh, so he's going to be joining me, and we're really going to be discussing Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich specifically, the likelihood that they get deals done, uh, the figures and dollar signs that we're looking at for the two of them and ultimately the best route for the Kings to go in order to uh, retain everybody that they want to retain while still uh, keeping themselves in a good spot uh, on the, uh, the the salary books and making sure that they stay as reasonably under the luxury tax as possible, although I believe uh, it's it's pretty clear going forward that if the Kings are going to want to keep this core together long term, it might take some luxury tax uh, in the future to get a deal done. Before my conversation uh, with Tim Maxwell, I want to let you know that this podcast today is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company this week. Uh, My listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Take advantage of that deal today. Now, my conversation with Tim Maxwell from Sacktown Royalty. What will the Kings do with Buddy Heald, Bogdan Bogdanovich? Let's talk money and let's get nerdy here on the Locked On Kings podcast. If you know anything about me, you know I have two dream jobs in the NBA. One is a full-time play-by-play broadcaster for an NBA team. The other is to be a general manager of an NBA team. Now, the latter, I'm certainly extremely underqualified for because being a GM, as we know, there are a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of stuff that we don't know that goes into general managing. But one of the major things that general managers do is contract negotiations and managing your money, managing your contracts is essential to not only have immediate success, but to be able to spread that success over the long term. 
The Golden State Warriors did a fantastic job of doing that, but it took good relationships with players in order to make that happen. For example, Andre Iguodala taking team-friendly deals. Uh, Same thing with Kevin Durant for a time taking uh, team-friendly deals. Of course, now he has moved to Brooklyn. But the Warriors did what they needed to do financially to keep that team together long enough to make all those consecutive trips to the NBA Finals and win the amount of championships that they did. And we're going to be discussing a lot about contracts and the idea of having a relationship with players so that they will take less money to stay with your franchise on today's Locked on Kings podcast, as I am joined by Tim Maxwell, the Sacktown baby giraffe from Sacktown Realty. He just released an article called 30 Questions. What's the maximum amount the Kings should offer in a buddy healed extension? And you've heard me talk a little bit uh, on this podcast uh, over the summer that I've heard directly uh, from multiple sources that the Kings are in communications uh, with Buddy Heald. Now, of course, that is more public knowledge. Jason Anderson reported the same thing directly uh, from Vlade himself. It's no secret that the Kings and Buddy Heald are trying to get a deal done. But how much money should that deal be worth and how much of an effect does that have on the Kings future? Tim Maxwell joining me right now to discuss all of that and then more. Tim, it's been a while since we've had you on. I hope you had a fantastic offseason. We're finally in September, which means basketball, real NBA basketball is coming up very, very shortly, buddy. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited for the season to start. I'm excited for preseason basketball and all the hot takes we can take from that preseason basketball. Absolutely. It's overreactions. I mean, we're dealing with overreaction Tuesday and Wednesday here for the NFL season, but we're already gearing up our reactions and our takes and our talk uh, for for Kings as much as we can. And, and you and I both don't shy away from trying to understand what's going on behind the scenes and try and uh, impose ourselves what we would do uh, if we were in those positions. And that's where this contract negotiation system uh, or uh, situation is so Interesting, and I I know you feel the same way, right, Tim? Because what the Kings decide to do with Buddy Heald here is going to start their path of keeping this core together and negotiating a long-term run. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Kings have to keep two things in mind. Number one, uh, Buddy Heald's a great player. He's he's an important piece for this franchise. They can't let him walk away this summer. He's got to be here. Uh, but they have several large contracts coming up, including Heald. They've got De'Aaron Fox probably going to get a max. Uh, Marvin Bagley going to get a max. Bogdan Bogdanovich is sitting in free agency this year. Harry Giles is coming up. So they have to make some really key, smart decisions financially, like you mentioned earlier, to keep this team flexible enough to add pieces down the line uh, while still keeping their court together. It's going to be a really interesting uh, battle for them in the next two to three years. Now, Tim, there's no such thing to me in this situation as planning too far ahead, although, of course, you can't plan for everything that takes place. But the Kings, the one advantage that they do have is that they have a lot of rookies on their rookie contracts. So they do have the uh, the the rights and control contractually uh, over these players in terms of uh, restricted free agency, qualifying offers, uh, and things like that. Can you explain a little bit how big of an advantage that is for Vlade and this front office to be able to keep this core and maintain this group of guys? Yeah, it's a huge advantage. They, they really don't have any key players entering unrestricted free agency, meaning that player could just walk away if they wanted to. As you mentioned, restricted free agency, so with Buddy, with Bogey, with Fox, with Bagley, with Giles, the Kings can match any offer thrown their way in free agency. And 
I've seen some consternation on Twitter about uh, Buddy and Bogey's paydays and, you know, well, will the Kings be able to afford Marvin Bagley and Darren Fox if they hand out large contracts to their two shooting guards? And the fact of the matter is, legally, the Kings can pay as much as they want to keep those players. It's more about, you know, are we entering luxury tax season in a couple of years and are we a contender to where ownership would be willing to pay the luxury tax? So the Kings can afford, um, as far as legally, according to the collective bargaining agreement, they can keep all of these players that they want to, even if each player is offered a max contract, which I don't think is realistic. But even if that happened, the Kings could keep those players. It's really a matter of do they want to potentially overpay a young piece and limit themselves with their flexibility and their spending for the next three to four seasons. Early in Vivek Ranadive's days as the owner of the Sacramento Kings, he was very vocal about the fact that money wasn't uh, an, an issue in terms of going out and paying players. And that was a breath of fresh air and music to a lot of Kings fans' ears as they were coming off of the Maloof era where the Maloofs were trying to penny pinch and, and make as much money as they could uh, while not uh, paying as many players big contracts uh, as possible. Do you think that situation has changed for Vivek or now that there is a chance to put together a dynasty he's he's got to put kind of his money where his mouth is do you believe that that side of him i i think i think so i mean he's got the cash right we know we know he's got the cash paying the luxury tax is a unique position in the nba um not a lot of teams are willing to do it not a lot of owners and you can't necessarily blame them for not wanting to invest um five dollars for every dollar in a tax for a non-contender so if the kings are on the rise if they are deep in the playoffs in two to three years and, and another extension is coming. Maybe it's Marvin Bagley's max extension in this core is going to compete. I think Vivek will be willing to spend the money to keep the core together. The tricky part is a lot of the more fringe players, because we know Fox and Bagley are sticking around for a long time. Buddy and Bogey, maybe not quite as franchise cornerstone type players. So the Kings are going to have to bet right now on a potential luxury tax in two to three years. So do you bet on those fringe cornerstone type players, really, really good players who aren't your cornerstones. Do you do that um, and risk paying the luxury tax or having to, you know, jettison a, a young player in the future because you didn't quite make it where you wanted to go? So to answer your question, I think Vivek will be willing to pay if the Kings are performing at the level we hope they perform at. You know, ignorance isn't a fair word for fans, but ultimately I think the majority of fans don't worry themselves with the idea of a luxury tax one because it's not their money and two because ultimately what usually it means is if you're going over the luxury tax that means you're paying big money to retain big names as long as the big names are wearing your team's jersey still what's the problem we don't have anything to worry about they're still going to be playing for us and we're hopefully going to see uh, our team winning as many games as possible because of that but I think the Washington Wizards this past season Tim were a phenomenal example and opened a lot of fans' eyes to how crippling uh, the luxury tax penalty can be as with the massive contracts to Porter, uh, to Bradley Beal, and then, of course, the ridiculous contract that a very injured John Wall is on. The Wizards were playing almost a max spot just in luxury tax penalties, which forced them to basically sell players like Otto Porter for next to nothing. Uh, Do you think it's a benefit for the Kings organization overall to have seen the Wizards go through that and understand we got to play our cards correctly or we'll end right in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Wizards are a great example of a team that thought they had a young core in Porter and Wall and Beal, as you mentioned, they spent to keep those guys 
And they also made some other foolish contracts like uh, Ian Mahimi and, and a couple of other players. And so they spent and spent and spent, and all of a sudden you've got a couple of key injuries. Beal was re- relatively injured for a couple of years, and of course Wall had a devastating injury. And now, like you said, you're, you're selling assets. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder, now they've recovered, but that's another example where um, before the trades that they made this past offseason to kind of go into rebuild mode, they were going to pay the, the 21st pick I think they had, he was only going to make $22 million and they were going to pay $10 million in luxury taxes for that contract. So that's where it gets to that point of being a little scary where you're selling off those young assets. And that's exactly what a team like the Kings doesn't, that's what a team like the Kings wants to avoid because they're still young and up and coming. They're not that established dynasty that we hope them to be in the next three to four years. Now the conversation for Buddy Heald and Bogdan Bogdanovich, the two of them are going to be linked together and are going to play off of one another, especially in this contract situation until deals are signed. That's just the way it is with both these guys coming up on contract years and both making a case for pretty significant paydays. Although I don't think it's a hot take at all, Tim, to say that Buddy Heald is is much more of the priority to the Kings to try and lock down and his contract is ultimately going to be worth more money, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. So proceeding with that in mind, you wrote this article, uh, and there's an avenue that I want to pursue specifically with Bogdan Bogdanovich, but we'll start with Buddy Heald because that's really how this entire ball is going to get rolling. And in this article, you basically said that you don't want the Kings or you don't believe the Kings should go too much further above a four-year, $104 million contract. Uh, Explain a little bit for those maybe who haven't read the article or who are going to go and check it out, uh, why you came across that number, what it was specifically with that number, and then how much wiggle room uh, the Kings have to go a little bit underneath it or a little bit above it. Yeah, so and just to be clear, that that four-year $104 million is for a contract extension. Um, so if, if Buddy Heal doesn't get extended this summer, meaning we lock him up for basically five years, including next year and then the four years of his extension, and he goes to restricted free agency and, and he gets a max offer of four years, $126 million, the Kings have to match without hesitation. Right. Uh, but as, as far as the contract extension goes, my reasoning is it doesn't behoove the Kings to just offer him the max contract he could potentially get in free agency because we don't know that he would actually get a max offer in free agency. He's one of the best free agents available, but money is also tight next summer. So the Kings have to kind of find that balance of, okay, are we saving long-term money? So if he signs for $104 million versus a max contract, they're saving 5 to $6 million per year annually, which helps in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have to, of course, reward him for his play. So if you're hitting that you know, four-year, $120 million range, you're really not saving any long-term money. So there's no real reason to agree to the extension. You may as well let Buddy enter free agency. And we've seen really good players get squeezed by tight markets before, like a Julius Randle, a Clint Capella. Now Buddy's better than those players, but he may not get the offer we think he gets. And all of a sudden now we can lock him down for four years, I don't know, $86 million. And that's a, that would be a really good deal for the Kings. Right. So that's, that's where I come from. It's just a matter of finding that balance between what he could get in free agency and what would save us the most money long term. 
See, Tim, here's why restricted free agency scares me a little bit. And uh, ultimately, the good news is the ball at the end of the day is in the Kings court. They have the final decision, like you said, if they got an or if, if Buddy got a max offer from another team, I expect the Kings to match without hesitation. And there is a gamble element to it that perhaps uh, you could have gotten him on a, a, a lesser deal if the market squeezes. But we're talking about one of the best shooters in the NBA right now. Hopefully he continues that through this season in a league that absolutely idolizes shooters so you talk about it was a lot of big men that we saw this year that kind of got squeezed and had that value diminished by the fact that there just was such a big market and not enough money to to be thrown around I don't think that's going to be the situation with Buddy Heal. to me the the path is clear if I were in Vlade Divac's shoes I'd take advantage of the fact that I have a very very strong and established relationship with Buddy Heald uh, already and I'd do everything that I could within the first few months of the season uh, to make sure a deal gets done and it is as close to that figure uh, as you mentioned. That seems like the most clear path. And quite honestly, with the type of person that Buddy Heald is and the connection that he has with this organization already, I think it's the most logical scenario that'll take place. No doubt. And and like you, I mentioned in my article, you just mentioned it, the Kings and Buddy have a great relationship. But in my article, I said, uh, Buddy wants to stay in Sacramento and Sacramento wants Buddy to stay. So if, if there's a relationship between a player and a team um, from the 2016 draft class that seems strong and seems like it's going to get an extension done that hasn't already been done. It feels like that's going to be buddy. Now, we don't know necessarily. We see salary uh, cap projections uh, throughout the years, and of course you can't make a roster with just three players, but we are going to assume that Buddy... Uh, Fox and Bagley eventually are going to be the three highest paid uh, players on this Kings team. And within reason, how much of the cap does that take up? If you were to project going two, three, four years into the future, how much cap uh, does that take up? And how much room realistically do the Kings need to leave themselves to be able to fill out the rest of the roster, not just with bodies, but with players that'll help those three win championships? Yeah. So actually, um, played around with the sham sports calculator. It's a really great tool for people that want to become cap nerds. Um, it, it's, it's allows you to look into the future. And in that tool, I had the Kings paying buddy a max. I had the Kings paying uh, bogey $17.5 million a year and maxing out Bagley and Fox. Now the, the trick there was I didn't give Giles any money just because he's such a mystery. Yes. And the Kings were able to avoid the luxury tax until the 2022-2023 season. So they've got flexibility as long as they don't massively overpay role players in the next couple of years, which is the danger in our market with that traditional Sacramento tax being placed on free agents. So if you've got Fox, Bagley, uh, and Buddy on max contracts, you're, you're paying in 2022-2023, I think that's when those three max contracts will go. You're paying Buddy... $32.4 million. Fox, I think, was right around $32 million, and Bagley's right around $33 million. So you're paying uh, $94-ish million. I don't know. I didn't do that math right. $90 million-ish. And that uh, that uh, projected cap is probably going to be in the $136 million range. So they're looking at taking up 60 to 70% of the cap between those three players. So I'm going to ask this next question to set up where I want to take this conversation before we wrap everything up, and that's where Bogdan Bogdanovich comes into play. You mentioned you pegged him uh, at around $17.5 million, correct? Uh, yes. 
Is that, in your opinion, peak bogey value, or do you think he could potentially get more money elsewhere? And it's not necessarily what you would pay for him, but what is the max you could see bogey getting a paycheck from anywhere in the NBA? You know, right, right in that seventeen to twenty million dollar range. Twenty million feels pretty high to me. Yeah. Um, that Zach Levine, you know, the Kings offered him that four-year, seventy-eight million dollar contract um, last summer before the Bulls matched. But Levine's probably a better player, and he's much younger, and, and that, well, he's probably just a more valuable player on the open market. So between seventeen to twenty million dollars feels right. Um, we know teams can get frisky. Next year's market is very, very bad as far as the quality of free agents. Mm-hmm. Bogdan is probably a top. 8 to 11 free agent next year, which just tells you the quality of the class. So anything really above $18, $19 million, if I'm the Kings, I'm probably letting him walk because that is a lot of money for for a six-man. And yeah, and it, you mentioned his role right there, six man, and that's what's extremely important in this conversation is what kind of role is Bogdan Bogdanovich going to have? And and make no mistake about it, and I've said this many times before on the Locked on Kings podcast, the Sacramento Kings view Bogey as a long-term piece that is going to help this team win championships, but that does not mean as the starting shooting guard. Now, hopefully, if Bogey can do in the NBA what he's been doing in the FIBA World Cup, we're talking about a six-man of the year candidate and we've seen them get paid before but based off the 17.5 million dollar figure that you threw out you're basically pegging the kings to get pretty close to quote-unquote peak value or be willing to pay peak value uh for bogey now we know this team likes to and this front office likes to explore team-friendly deals with uh non-fully guaranteed contracts especially in the uh the final year of the deal that's going to be very difficult to get done with these massive names but i wanted to throw a scenario by you um, or just ask you a general scenario question and and see how legitimate you think that is because this is what has been popping in my mind is the storyline that makes the most sense. In my opinion, I think this very well could come down to Bogey making a decision between taking more money elsewhere or taking less money to stay with this core, to stay with his friends, uh, and to stay with this organization that that gave him his first shot uh, in the NBA. What would you say is the likelihood of something like that taking place, that ultimatum being laid down? Yeah, I think if we're going to see that kind of decision made, we're going to see it made this summer. Uh, the reason I say that is Bogey, uh, because he didn't sign a rookie skill contract, his maximum extension, so we talked about Buddy Hill's extension, the maximum extension that Bogey can sign is about four years, uh, $52 million, so about $13.5, $14 million per year. And that would be a team-friendly deal that still was a, a significant payday for Bogey. So if he's looking to stay in Sacramento, that extension feels maybe a little underpriced for his skill set, but if he's willing to give a little bit of a discount to stay, that's probably the range he's looking at. The tricky part is in restricted free agency is if he gets an offer and signs that offer with another team, the Kings can't go under that offer. They have to match right. it. So if, if he goes shopping, right, if he goes shopping on the market and he gets a deal for $18 million a year, the Kings can't come back and offer him $14 million. They have to match the exact terms of that offer. So um, if, if there's going to be a team-friendly deal, which I don't think there will be, to be honest with you, I think every NBA player should be getting paid as much as they can, just like we would do in, in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's going to happen, it'll either happen this summer before the season starts with an extension or right as free agency opens next year. But we maybe hasn't had quite season. We were hoping he'll have. It sounds like, and I don't want to be speaking for you, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you and I are kind of in the same boat with the idea that the Kings should try if they can to get buddy handled and signed 
on their own terms without even worrying about free agency and getting that done during the season or towards the end of the season and then trying to handle the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation in free agency or next offseason because they'll have a full another season of information behind it to find out what kind of player and what kind of fit Bogey is with this core. And two, they'll have a better idea of what his market value is. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And And the only other thing I would throw in there is if you're approaching the trade deadline and you're pretty sure you're you're not going to re-sign Bogey, um, and I know Kings fans are going to hate me for this, but do you consider shopping him yes. at the trade deadline um, if, if he's just going to walk, right? We saw that happen with Rudy Gay a few seasons ago where we knew he probably wasn't coming back. The Kings didn't deal him, and then obviously he got injured and then left with, with no compensation. So um, restricted free agents don't typically have a whole lot of value on the trade market, so that would be something to consider. But that is a situation I think Lottie and, and the front office will have to consider in the next six to eight months. And I'm really glad you brought that up, too, because like you said, it's not necessarily a popular idea. But I've, I've said before here on this podcast and on KHDK that if you're looking for the most valuable trade asset that the Kings have that they're somewhat willing to move on from, it's Bogdan Bogdanovich. I don't think they're moving on from Buddy Heald. They're definitely not moving on from De'Aaron Fox or Marvin Bagley. Maybe Harry Giles, but again, you and I are a little more realistic with our viewing uh, of Harry Giles, which is a a good kind of segue to this final thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, Tim. And and it's separate from the, uh, the, the contract and free agency conversation that we've been having. But Harry Giles is a walking hype train, and rightfully so. I mean, a lot of, he's gotten a lot of compliments from players, from coaches, from fans themselves. He's also a phenomenal human being and someone that's just very, very fun and very easy to root for. But I think it's time we pump the brakes a little bit on how much um, faith we're, we're ready to put into Harry Giles when he's still given us such a limited sample size uh, as a NBA player. I mean, I see people pegging him as a certified all-star superstar going forward, and I haven't seen nearly enough to suggest that. Where are you at with this this Harry Giles hype train, and ultimately what do you want to see from him going into this next season? As far as the hype train goes, I agree. Um, he's played 58 career games, and if we're just being just brutally honest with ourselves, and I'm just going to throw out a number, 35, 40 of those games, he was relatively bad. Now, rookie, hasn't played in two years, shouldn't have too high of expectations for that, but there hasn't been a lot of contribution to winning basketball in his first two seasons in the NBA, so I agree. We, there, there is a possibility, and not a small one, that Harry Giles, aside from like Tyler Lydon and, and Caleb Swanigan, but as far as the rotational bigs, he may be the least contributing big next year. He may not. We, we, he's, he's a big question mark. Yeah. Um, as far as what I want to see from Harry next year, I'm hoping he can find minutes in the rotation and the minutes are deserved. So I think the Kings are going to play Harry no matter what because he's one of their project bigs. He, he could be really, really, really good, so you have to get him in the games to test that out. But I'm hoping he can play you know, 15, 20 minutes a game next year, contribute at a high level and earn those minutes to where we have no question that whoever he's sending to the bench, he's better than that player. Are you on the same boat? I feel the exact same way. And before we wrap up, I got to squeeze this last thing in. We'll end with this, Tim. I know it's all subjective and a lot of things can change, but as we stand right now with, with the information that we know today and based off the conversation that we had, if you were to give me a percentage chance that the Kings retain healed bogey Fox and Bagley, the four of them together are still on this roster all in their second contracts in the NBA. What percentage chance would you give me of that happening? I'd give you like 70%. Okay. I, I think Fox Bagley buddy are locks. 
100%, they are not going anywhere. Bogey's a big question mark. I think he's going to come back to the Kings. I don't think he's going to get an exorbitant offer in free agency. Uh, but he, he's a big question mark for me. So I'm going to go with 70%. If you need or if you want to read this article, you actually, hell, you need to read this article. Great conversation uh, with Tim Maxwell. Very thankful to have him on today. And you can read this full piece that's up right now on SacktownRoyalty.com. Again, it is called 30 Questions. What's the maximum amount the Kings should offer in a Buddy Healed extension? Uh, you can find Tim on Twitter as well. He's a must-follow for Kings fans at Tim Maxwell 22 And be sure to check uh, check out Sacktown Royalty, a fantastic blog. They do a phenomenal job uh, covering the uh, covering the Kings and really, like I've said before, bridging the gap between the Kings fan uh, and the organization itself. So, Tim, thank you so much for taking the time. Keep up the fantastic work. Fun conversation today, and I look forward to having a conversation with you when actual basketball begins in October. Sounds great. Thanks, Matt. Huge thank you to Tim for joining me. Those conversations are so much fun for me. I absolutely nerd out uh, to have conversations like that and to really dive in uh, to behind the scenes. And if it's not your thing, I hope you are able to make it through. If you care about basketball, the game itself, and what's happening on the floor, uh, and don't give a rat's ass about anything that's happening behind the scenes, uh, I, I totally understand that and appreciate that. I hope you made it all the way through and we made it as understandable as possible. Um, but, you know, I think it's good for the general fan to have at least an understanding of how this is going, how the salary cap works, so they can have a realistic idea uh, of how difficult it is to keep teams together long term, especially when you're having a talent or a, a roster that's hopefully loaded with significant young star talent uh, that sooner than later is going to cost you uh, some serious money to uh, keep around. And I think we all agree that as of right now, Fox, Buddy, and Bagley are on the track to uh, to make a lot of money here in their NBA careers. And hopefully it's going to be the uh, the Sacramento Kings and Vivek Ranadive that are signing the checks. Appreciate you joining me today on the Locked on Kings podcast. If you have a second to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's the Himalaya app, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything like that, if there's an area to leave a review or comment, please do that. You can also reach out to me at any time, mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com via email, uh, or you can tweet me at Matt George KHDK, and let's get into some conversations there. Love to talk Kings with you. At any time you have any questions, comments, anything like that, send them my way. I would love to hear from you. Until next episode, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.